Hello and welcome to this episode of Demystified as we explore home cooking in a modern world. I'm Linda and I'm here with my friend Paul. Hey, how are you going Paul? Hello Linda. How are you? Good. What oh, are we talking good. about? We're talking today about fry pans oh. and the use of them in oven cooking. Oh, okay. Because I've been looking at different recipes online at different mm. things. This is kind of topical actually because I've just been doing that now. Well, like five I'm, minutes ago. Oh, were you? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. I wish I'd stuck my head in. What were you, I won't ask what you're no. cooking because that'll get us distracted. But a few recipes I've seen, and one was including a roast, okay? Yeah. And they, and, and the cook, there was no need for the, I mean, the fry pan wasn't actually used in any part of searing the beef or any part of it but one recipe I saw was just take a fry pan with a long handle put your veggies on the bottom throw your beef on top whack it in the oven mm-hmm. and I thought why would you use a fry pan for that and not just a normal frying pan okay hold on what do you mean not just a normal well, frying sorry pan? a normal uh, oven tray like a like normal a baking oven yeah something like, something like that that you would normally use why would you why was the recipe specifically oh, asking well, this is a, a person who does a lot of recipes, and I just thought, I wonder why. Is there a preference? Does it cook anything differently? There might be. There, there's some. Well, I'd have to see the recipe to sort of understand. But there might be some reasoning for it. And the only reasoning I can think of is depending on your fry pan material and your roasting dish material. Like, I remember back in the day, people used to use Pyrex dishes. Yeah, glass. Used uh, to? What do you well, mean used to? Well, I haven't seen anyone use one in a while. <laughs> okay. Um, so the only reason I could think of is maybe it, it could have been the uh, what the fry pan was made out of might have conducted the heat a bit faster. May well have, or a bit better. Uh, might have been flatter, which if they're lining the base of it with roasted vegetables... Because quite often you'll find with roasting dishes, especially those that come with ovens, is that they're not super flat. And the reason that they're not super flat is to allow for warping. So when you put a cold roasting dish or baking tray into a hot oven, quite often they'll warp. Okay, yes. So you're getting a difference in heat, Mm. right? So you're going something cold to something hot, and the tray will either kick. I've noticed move that. a little bit, yeah. but it will return to yeah. its original shape. Um, but roasting trays are quite often not flat because they put reinforcement in it when they build it to allow for... I can't, there's a term for it, I can't think of it right now, to allow for that warping of the tray. So it always returns to what it was originally beforehand. But in this scenario, I, I... I'd have to see the recipe to understand why. Generally, if you're going to use a fry pan to roast in, um, you probably would have sealed it and it's just a convenience thing. It's like using your Dutch oven, right? Yeah. You start start off cooking, searing stuff, whatever, on your cooktop, and then you take the whole thing and stick it in your oven. Like, it's no... There's no real difference. Um, So, I don't know why they chose Mm. to use a fry pan. Maybe maybe they pulled all their veggies out and their, um, you know, their protein, whatever it was that they were cooking, and made a sauce with what was left without having to. Okay. Who okay. knows? Yeah, right? might have been that. But there's no particular. I can't think of any particular reason why you would. But like I was saying to you just five minutes ago, I was 
exactly doing that. Um, what were you making? So, well, I was just working, I was just making sure the recipe that I've written for someone else is correct. Um, quite often, and it seems to be a bit, I don't know how this comes up, but this historically happens to me all the time. So when I decide that I'm going to go down the rabbit hole of something, it always seems to be then I find it on Instagram. I don't know if my phone's listening to me or what's happening, and then I see it in magazines or whatever. So at the moment, dumplings, right? So... Mm-hmm. The thing with dumplings, and I tried this out at home the other night. Now, my partner doesn't care for dumplings that much. I know it's, it's just, close I'm to just looking confused. Right. I know, <laughs> right. I know. That's a, that's a divorceable. Uh, yeah. I'm, anyway. Really? So, and if she loves Chinese food. Yes. Okay. So I was doing these dumplings. Well, she doesn't like steamed dumplings, but she doesn't like dumplings that are fried. Okay? Like all fried all around. So... The thing at the moment and what a lot of people are doing is doing what's called a dumpling lace, right? So they're making, you make like a slurry out of flour and water, essentially. And when you pan fry your dumplings, you pour that into the base and it, all the water cooks out and then you're left with essentially like a crispy extra okay. part of the dumpling, okay. which is what I gave you hmm. the other day. And it was uh, really interesting. It was quite picturesque. Yeah. So what, hmm. well, it also adds texture, right? Hmm. So... What most people do is they will, with their dumplings, if they're doing a pan-fried dumpling, and this is a pan-fried but steamed dumpling, is they put their dumplings in a fry pan on their cooktop, add some water, steam it, and then evaporate the water, and then add this flour-water mix, and then pan-fry it. And I was thinking, it's a bit of a step-step-step process. So rather than do that, what I did was put some oil in the base of a fry pan, put my dumplings raw, straight into a cold fry pan, and put the fry pan in the steamer. Steam my dumplings for about seven minutes, so I get a proper steamed dumpling, <coughs> pardon me, and then take the fry pan out, I just give the base of it a wipe, just for any condensation, then put it over a really high heat on my cooktop. So I'm having to skip a step of adding water to a fry pan to make that steam environment, and I don't have to cook them as long to evaporate all that water. Mm-hmm. So then I add my slurry mix, my flour water mix, and then just cook it. So it's, it saves a bit of time, but I also, I'm also getting the same result, but it's not the traditional way of doing it. Nonetheless, putting my fry pan in the oven. And that's, I could just okay. take it straight from the oven to the cooktop and vice versa. Generally, you're going from your cooktop to your oven with your fry pan, but I don't know why they did it on that recipe. You'd have to show me the recipe. I've got okay. the, you may well need to read between the lines. They might have been sponsored by a fry pan company. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But I just wondered because I do sit in a few recipes and this one just struck me because it was so yeah, well, obviously I mean, to, roast to be honest with you, veggies it's, it's better, on top. Yeah, into from the, a practicality standpoint, like searing something in a fry pan and then adding it to a cold vessel like a roasting dish is not the best process, right? Because... You're taking something that's gone from hot to cold and then putting it into a hot oven. So you need the roasting dish to come up to temperature. So whenever I do a roast at home, any roast, my roasting dish goes into the oven and heats with the oven. And then when I'm ready to start my roast, whether I'm searing it or not, my veggies, my you know lamb, chicken, doesn't matter, is already hot. So I'm not having to wait for my roasting dish to come up to temperature as well as the food. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's good practice to have the vessel that you're cooking in 
already hot. And it's pastry crews do it often. So you you like if you're working on a sheet tray or you know making cookies or cakes or anything like this. Not always, but often you'll have something that's pre-warm. Pizza's the best example, right? So you work with a pizza stone at home. Yeah, you heat the pizza stone first with the oven, yeah. and then put your pizza on top. Same theory, right? Gets you. It just it saves the oven from working harder to come up to temp. Because and you won't be waiting as long for your stuff to cook. I have put my fry pan in the oven once yeah. because I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm a little bit of a klutz okay. in the kitchen, and I cut myself a lot. Yeah, I know. And, you do that. Uh, yeah. Well, the other thing I learned is that I forget because I'm. It was the first time I'd ever tried it. Took my fry pan, put it into the oven, finished it off, took it out with a tea towel. But when I was going to get some things out of the fry pan to serve up, Uh, I just grabbed the handle. And uh, right across my palm, I had embedded the emblem of the fry pan. Yeah, that does happen. Yeah. The funny thing is, like, fry pans going into the oven is common nature in, in restaurants. It's very common. Yeah. So if you've got a particularly, like, let's say a very dense, thick fillet of fish, quite often, quite often, they'll be pan-fried to start with and then go in the oven. Now, they're not in there for ages because it's a piece of fish, but quite often because you just don't want to lose temp putting the piece of fish onto a cold surface, um, especially if you're trying to, let's say, roast a piece of fish, mm-hmm. like a big piece of blue eye or hapuka or something like that, really dense. Okay. Um, so quite often, yeah, that's the that's the case. Absolutely. So, but in the case, in the specific one that you're talking about, I don't know. No, but no, that's all right. I just wondered as a method. So I've got a question for you. Oh dear. So last week we talked about grossness of wooden spoons. <laughs> yes. And you said that you were going to go home. I did that. I did. So I did. And it was it, it was interesting. I, I put them into... I put We had actually had two. I'd forgotten about one because we don't use that one at all, which is probably good because it was also splintering. But I did take the uh, favourite wooden spoon and, and uh, it had recently come out of the dishwasher, by the way. It hadn't been used since. So I put it into the jug, poured in the boiling water and put the two uh, wooden... Um, spoon and spatula type thing in there and waited and the water was really murky yeah. and when Doug saw it he sort of came along and what are you doing and I said oh Paul you know told him about what we talked about and things and he, but what did you add to the water uh, nothing that's come out of the wooden spoon yeah we said I don't think we need to be cooking with that again <laughs> so it was uh, yeah. it was and that had come out of the dishwasher so and that dishwasher as you know is a good one yeah, yeah but it was still really murky yeah. and uh yeah it was it was really interesting i'll send you the photo i took anyway i just thought so that. yes it was just a, a follow-up no we quite often don't forget to follow up on no we did i did do that the, what we talk about the next day and uh i was quite surprised yeah it's a bit gross yeah no i'm it's not going to be used again neither of them actually really yeah and what was your second question yeah, I've forgotten. <laughs> you, you know I've forgotten. I went to write it down and I couldn't yeah. remember. And it was, yeah, no, sorry, mate. I've got, uh, maybe that one's for next week. But, yeah, no, I can't remember. Okay. Well. But thanks for reminding me. That's <laughs> <I'm> right. <not laughs> I've forgotten. 
Um, I suppose we should remind people that we just we've done a new newsletter. So those of you That's that right. haven't signed up for our newsletter, sign up, and that'll come out once a month. All sorts of interesting information mm-hmm. this month. We and links. links. Yeah, and links this this month, just so people could see. Um, I bought recently a whole or a king salmon. Oh wow! And one of the reasons I like to cook that, and you know, I use it for demos and all sorts of stuff is that it's from a really sustainable aquaculture mm-hmm. and I actually put a picture on the newsletter of the of that salmon's individual tag number and you can actually see where it's from so we've put that on the link so it won't always be about steam but just interesting you know kind of things that people are doing now with food so you can trace its life I suppose where it came from it shows me which tank it came from which pool when it was butchered all the rest of it, it tells me everything Oh, it's wow. really quite interesting. And where did you buy that from? Seafood supplier. Oh, okay. We're not sponsored by them, so I'm not going to say that. No, no, but yeah. I just wondered if it was generally available or only so, for special um, things. I mean, you need to ask your fishmonger specifically for New Zealand king salmon, um, and they might, they may well be able to tell you. Okay. But I know, but I know Aura King salmon, that particular brand. Um, not sponsored by that particular. Aquaculture mm-hmm. and fishery, yeah. that's what they do. And I mean, that, that fish is, I don't know, I suppose it flies in the face a little bit of sustainability, but that particular fish is globally available. So they they send that all around the world. So, yeah, it's really, well, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, well, I was at the press and market this morning having a wander around and went through the fish area and I saw some really, some nice looking tuna fillets, but nothing. Nothing like what you're saying. So might be a bit hard to find, but it's maybe worth a look. Worth mm. a look. Anyway, I think that's all. Nothing else? No, nothing else. You're doing any cooking this weekend? Well, yes. We're back on the uh, back on the road of cooking demonstrations. So that's New Year, more cooking demonstrations. So it's a little bit slow at the moment in that world, but we'll see what happens. So... So, are you finding because you do so many demos in your professional life now? Are you finding that people's interests they're coming a little bit a little bit more informed when they come to you about? And it's and it's not you. I know you present on more than just steam ovens, but that's and combi still, steam ovens. That's but still the, is there a general awareness that they're here or what they do, or is everyone still like yeah, we so, were? I was going, mm, huh? What? Nah. So I think what. What I'm saying is, is that there is a little bit more awareness, but there is still the same lack of understanding of what's... Okay, why am I spending an extra X amount of dollars to get this oven? So, I, I think... And I mean, a lot of this comes down to what I've always thought is it's about the language that's used around these appliances. Um, so, yeah, people are... People are certainly more aware of their existence because pretty much, I mean, everyone's gone. You can buy them on Ikea now, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so the awareness is there, but the why I need it is still yet to be established in a lot of people's minds. Um, and the other one too, and it's even probably older, is still induction. So people are, you know, I had a client mm. the other day who, you know, she... 
had been quoted for a pyrolytic oven and a gas cooktop. And so I showed her the ins and outs of induction in a combi steam oven. And she changed her order. No. You know, it, and, yeah. it's, and it's not because, it's not through me being, because I'm not a salesman, right? But it's not a, this is better than the other. But if you're not informed, how can you make a choice? So if you don't understand that, mm. well, the technology or the way they work or, you know, because a lot of people still think that induction is electric. Now, while it is an electric cooktop, it isn't the old electric glowing red glass cooktop. The ceramic yeah, sort of ceramic tops, cooktop. Yeah, ceramic cooktop. So people, people automatically think, oh, it's just a new word for electric. So I, I don't care whether people buy a gas cooktop or an induction cooktop or a combi steam oven or a non-combi steam oven or part of that. I don't care. But how can you actually make an informed choice about what is a large amount of money that you're going to spend if you haven't been given the whole story? No, correct. You know, you don't mm. go and test drive one car. No. You, 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 you probably test drive two or three different ones to go, oh, maybe this suits me better, I'm not sure. Mm. You try a few. You know, how often do you try on pairs of shoes? This, this isn't comfortable, this isn't comfortable. You make an informed decision about yeah, exactly. Things that cost far, far less than a full kitchen renovation, but yet you walk in and you go, oh, I'm only being fed really half the story a lot of the time. So that's how I'm kind of looking at demonstrations now, not from the perspective of, okay, you need to own a copy stand oven and know about it an induction cooktop. I'm very much of the opinion of, okay, most people have a pretty fair understanding of what a multifunction pyrolytic oven will do. And sometimes they just want to know the ins and outs of particular brands functionality within their oven. Um, and that's all well and good. And you can, I can teach people about that, that's easy. But if they actually, if all they've heard is a copy steam oven's really good, that's, that's not, yeah, it's that's not, not helpful. It's not enough, like, is it's it? It's not enough. And as you would know, right, you kind of need to see them in action a little bit yeah. and have someone explain it to you clearly about what they do before you go, oh, okay, that's worth my money. So my view on demonstrations has changed quite a bit rather than trying to be the introductory person to the technology, which probably three years ago, four years ago, that's what we were doing. We were trying to go, okay, so everything's going to be focused a little bit more on steam and induction because it's relatively new technology to a lot of people that haven't bought a oven cooktop range of kitchen suite in a long time so rather than introduce the technology i'm very much going okay let's explain it a little bit further that way that when you're deciding and because you know the client that i saw the other day she's like this is it this is my forever kitchen now this is one this is a one-time shot you know the kids are left home no oh, wow. i don't want to renovate again I'm mm. in my latter years. Not that she was that old, but I'm in my latter years. So this is a one-time thing. And I'm like, well, given that that's your situation, why wouldn't you want to know about your options? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's how I yeah. look at it now. So it's a little bit different. People are certainly more aware. And the retailers are absolutely, you know, much more aware because there's a little bit more probably money in the game for them when it comes to higher price point price yeah um and that's the same with the manufacturers and everyone i mean you spend more money they make more money that's the way of the world right but yeah it's about 
yeah, just helping people make an informed choice. Okay. I, I don't personally care what you choose to do. Like, that's not my job. Um, but if you haven't had it explained to you, how can you make an informed choice? Because then you're just buying an oven on what is effectively the features and benefits that you're sold to by the salesperson that you happen to come Run by into. that might be promoting a particular brand on a particular day because they're getting... A particular know, a, commission. A particular commission, mm. which is exactly what happened to you. Which is exactly what happened to me. So, wow. yeah, I, I like that's that's where I see demonstrations now working at the moment. Until there's a, a vast change in technology, I kind of think, okay, it's a it's an information session to not only help people make an informed decision, but help them understand why these things will help them cook it's not necessarily going to make people a better cook that's the biggest mistake people make oh my, I'm going to be a better cook because I bought a $10,000 oven it's not true it's not true at all you're going to be a better cook if you understand fundamental technique method and have a pretty clear understanding of what temperature does those three things will make you a better cook but a new shiny toy won't so you buy a Ferrari it's not going to make you a better driver at all no, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, well, thanks. There you go. Well, that wasn't a second question, but uh, it Do certainly has been. <laughs> <laughs> but it certainly was something that, yeah, very interesting. Well, we'll thank go, you. Yeah, we'll go out. And for all those people that have owned ovens for a while, is some people that still do offer, you know, demonstrations or help with your appliances. And, of course, you can always contact us. We're brand agnostic. So we'll help no, we here. don't. Yeah. yeah, we don't care. We're not affiliated with any brand. No. So if you want to know a bit more, or you know someone. I mean, the amount of people that I still know that I still talk to, they go, "Oh yeah, my friend got a coffee stone oven, doesn't use it." Like yeah, that, that is the most. The, I reckon fifty percent of the world's coffee stone ovens that are sold are not used, at least. And one other thing I'd like to say. Thanks to the one or two people in the Czech Republic that bought our book and the one person in Iceland. Oh, yes, that's right. That's... <laughs> what was it? We Czech Republic. The Czech Republic. Well, there was one in Iceland. And there was one know. in Poland. In Poland. Yeah. So, hello. Yes, hello. We, we don't and, speak uh, Czech or Polish, so... No, we, we barely speak English, but yeah. <laughs> that we uh, we did recognise that... Uh, well, thank you very much for all the people who bought Demystified, both locally and internationally. Yeah. We're very pleased uh, with uh, with how it's been received and yep. how it's been picked up. Next book soon. Hurry up, Doug. I know he's still <laughs> he's still working on it. Ah, oh, you can't you can't get good help these days. He's an editor in chief. You can't. No, we're not, and we're yeah. not. I know. He doesn't get paid. So. He doesn't get paid, and uh, last get, time he might get paid with a pork roast if he moves maybe. a little bit. And given that last time the the three of us and our spouses all checked demystified. And, and we miss, still missed oh, major it's... chunks of recipe errors. Yeah. I'm trusting Dougie to uh, take his time yeah. and do it. So, yeah, the next book will be out soon. All so, right. good to see everybody. And thank you to see you, Mr. Paul. And we will uh, be in touch until next time. Happy cooking, everybody. Happy cooking. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast as we explore home cooking in a modern world. We'd love you to subscribe, and for more information, please go to our website, cookingwithsteam.com.